Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, Megan Salinas here from the Z Nation After Show, and I've got something very exciting to tell you. You've seen her fly, now watch her move to a brand new network. The CW has a new hero when Supergirl lands October 10th. It's the season two premiere of the show Critics Call, Pure Blissful Fun. This season, the Man of Steel will finally be revealed. Supergirl's Melissa Benoist teams up with Tyler Hoechlin, the newest Superman in the DC Universe. It's a superhuman family reunion when these Kryptonian cousins join forces in the fight for justice. And if you're wondering if the next president will be a woman, we have your answer. Because Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman, guest stars as Supergirl's commander-in-chief. Even though Supergirl has her hands full fighting evil full-time, Kara Danvers is facing changes and challenges of her own. She knows what it takes to be a hero, but Kara is trying to figure out how to fit in with the human race while taking on a new job, new friends, and a new love who's out of this world. An evil corporate empire will rise that bears the name of an age-old nemesis, Luthor. Supergirl and Superman come face-to-face with Lex Luthor's next of kin, Lillian and Lena. As you might expect, the Luthor family shares a passion for power that can only be satisfied by a different kind of green, kryptonite. Supergirl, all new episodes every Monday, now only on The CW. Hey there, zombie fans. Welcome to another episode of the Z Nation After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 5, A Scorpion and the Red Hand. We've also got a special guest calling in tonight. Stay tuned. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I don't think I've ever had a more appropriate reason to bring in this song for an intro. You're welcome. It makes me so (laughs) happy. Oh, gosh. Hello, Z Nation fans. Welcome to another episode of the Z Nation After Show on AfterBuzz TV. We've got a fantastic show for you tonight. Let me go ahead and let's not waste any time. I want to introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Michelle Cullen. Hello. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle Cullen. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. We are also going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVZNation. And Katie's got the live chat pulled up, so we got you there. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we do have a special guest calling in later on today. It's, uh, special effects uh, director Jason McKee. He also directed this episode, so stay tuned. We are really excited to hear from him about this one because, oh my gosh, the visuals in this one, guys. So good. Yeah, so just like visually, like aesthetically pleasing, but like at the same time, very upsetting on a visceral level. (laughs) I have to say my favorite little bit of B-roll was, because you know they had the toys everywhere, was the chattering teeth with the blood dripping from them. (laughs) Just like, I like that and I want that as an out of context gift that I can just throw at people and have them be like, what is wrong with you? Like, so if anybody (laughs) asked you, what is Z Nation about? You would just tweet (laughs) that gif at them. Or even just like, how are you doing today? Or what are your thoughts on the election? I'll just hand them the gif and they'll be like, this is deep and also terrifying. Thank you. Thank you. Those are my thoughts. (laughs) 
<laughs> Teeth and blood. <laughs> Michelle, what do you think was your favorite visual in this episode? Oh my gosh, I couldn't. Because there are so one. many. There like, are so many. Like not even just like the really gross, like gory stuff, but also just like the the shots like next to windows and the shots of the waterfall in Spokane and just all those great location shots of Spokane as well. I I will say it could be the makeup person in me, but the zombies hanging from the bridge with their intestines out, I was like, oh, I wonder if those are 35 feet. Like, if they measured that. I wonder if that's accurate. <laughs> on one hand, that is so much intestine. And on the other hand, yeah, that's about the right amount of intestine per person. Like, that's like when you had that fun beaded curtain when you were, like, 12. <laughs> except now it's a curtain of terror. Yeah, I never had one of those. We had a cat. We I didn't have one of those growing up. But Spencer's, the store in the mall, always did. And I always had fun always going through it. There Spencer's had, like, it. the rack of bead curtains so you could just hit them all. And then the employees would get mad at you because yeah, they Tangled. This was a little bit more Halloween Horror Nights than Spencer. Yep. <laughs> they just make you walk through the intestines. I really thought they were going to walk through it. And then, no, the bodies were dropped on them. It was a twist. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the Psych. floor. Surprise. <laughs> Got you good. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm actually... Just dropping in. I kind of would... Oh, boo. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm not allowed to... I'm not allowed to judge because I made a pun before the show, and it's documented on the internet, and I'm very she upset did. by it. I'm keeping it forever. Okay. Why do you? You're gonna need yeah. that so soon. Stop. No, that's okay. I'm checking the hashtag. I will. It's gonna <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I really actually uh, on a completely unrelated note, just because um, we were talking about like horror haunted houses, I actually really would like to see a Z Nation like exhibit at Horror Nights one year because I feel like this would like this opening scene in particular would be perfect. There's for enough it. creepy just, stuff that they could pull from the Cannibal Warehouse season one episode. Three. I, I feel like it's very hard to outstrip that level of creepy. And we've had so many interesting sets. We could send them through the um, N- the NSA place. You know what I'm talking about. Northern Lights. That, That's yeah. it. That's the one. It just, you could really, you could definitely do a uh, Halloween Horror Nights maze out of this. They won't. Because they have licensed that other zombie show. Yeah. But this would be great. Yeah. Um, but, like, it just, again, there's having done Horror Nights so many times and seeing the stuff that they hang from the ceilings, I'm like, yeah, no, this this would be right at home there. It'd be a hoot. It'd so, be a hoot. <laughs> so talking about that opening action scene, um, yeah, that's probably one of the darkest openings I think we've had in a long, and I feel like I say that every week, I'm like, this was so dark! Which is so, I'm always surprised by how dark it gets, because the rest of the show is still so light and funny. Like, yeah. it still has a sense of humor. Z Nation is not a show that ever sits down and wallows in its darkness for more than five minutes. And there are definitely a lot of shows nowadays that do, they're like, we're dark and sad, and Z Nation just kind of goes, yeah, on occasion, but then we get over it. And look, here's a giant cheese wheel! So are you saying that a lot of shows are going through their angsty teen years? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shows are doing the Batman v Superman thing and just slapping the gray filter over the visuals and everyone's emotions. That's and so how I'm I live my life. In the gray, <laughs> the gray filter. filter over everything. Sorry, guys, I gotta put my headphones on and listen to Simple Plan. This is a you show understand. that occasionally has a Linkin Park song on its play mix, and then it switches back over to Living in the sunlight, laughing in the moonlight. Uh, I hate that song. Time. I hate that song so much. But, um, but yeah, here, I mean, it is very interesting that we can have 
you know, the the storyline that Hector's going through in this particular episode, but then have, you know, in our other storyline with Murphy, Murphy high-fiving people, and, like, it's just like, hey, we're all having a good time, I'm gonna save the world, it's gonna be great. That's the having a wonderful time song cue. Yeah, I just <laughs> like that song. Well, so and so I will happy. say, not to point out gory shots that were stunning, that shot of 10K... Uh, Murphy and Dr. Murch each standing in their own window in that mm-hmm. room that we saw Murphy have such a powerful moment in last yeah. week. Yeah. It was just like, yes, that. I love that. That is gorgeous to look at. Please show me more. And then they didn't, and that's fine. Whatever. I enjoyed the rest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I could have watched the entire episode from that, from that like, room. From that still shot. <laughs> just looking out over the waterfall like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the room with you. I would just like to hang out there for a while. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, it looks, it's a really cool room. I, I would want to take selfies in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, uh, we, talk, talking about this intro again, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the seemingly infamous no-gooders, the Red Hand. Um, because we have a group of, you know, murderers who have strung up these people in a very gruesome fashion to send a message, as Hector points out, who are supposedly led by El Scorpion, which, that doesn't sound right. He's busy. But but he is a scorpion. Is there more than one? Michelle. Now here's twist. Here's the question, because uh, you brought it up before the show, Katie, that this this is a very ambiguous group, because according to their account, you know, their friends were murdered so that this other group could steal their food, and so they were acting in retaliation and getting revenge on said group. That's their account. The like, account. The Red Hand thinks that these other people have stolen their food, and these other people are like, no, we found this food, and then you murdered a bunch of our friends, what the heck? But, again, according to the Red Hand, they're like, no, you had to murder our friends to get that food. And then they were like, well, we did what we had to. It's the apocalypse. So we have two groups Nobody's of people. right. Well, yeah, we have two groups of people who think they're, you know, who are the protagonists of their own story, who are at odds with one another, and our group is just kind of caught in the middle. And... Was it me, or when you, when they first pulled up and went, you know, there's this group that's killing our friends, did you guys react, just go, just keep going, guys. Yeah. This has nothing to do with you. Just just keep moving. You're going to get dragged into, like, a turf war. Just don't. Like that's yeah. just one of those, well, that sucks for you. We were just, uh, we were just going that way, so we're going to pass through the curtain. Goodbye and forever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, like, uh, see ya. <laughs> Let me see your hands. No, let me see the other side of your hands. Like, do you want to make sure I wash them before I eat? Jazz hands? Jazz hands. Jazz hands. (laughs) (laughs) So how about you, Michelle? What do you think of these two groups? I think it's interesting, and it's just really an example of fantastic writing that you kind of get used to watching a show, especially as it's going into season three, and listening to the lines in the story and be like, oh, I'm introduced to this group of people first. We're going to learn about them, and then we're going to become attached to them, and then they're going to die. And that's fine. <laughs> um, and that's that. But we really... We have a formula. We get we get that stuff of like, oh, their entire you know family group was slaughtered in a really harsh way by other humans. It wasn't seas, and it was like, oh, humanity in the apocalypse. Am I right? And then we learn from the one survivor of the Red Hands, like, no, that's not right. That's not right. Let me tell you my life story for a second. <laughs> That's the opposite then, of right. And then we get that same level of emotional investment, and then it's kind of like, 
it is. It's ambiguous. It's just who do I support? Who is right? Who is wrong? I'm going to eat popcorn and be thankful <laughs> I'm here. And we also got a conversation in Spanish, which if you don't speak Spanish, you are SOL. Yeah, the subtitles were in Spanish, and I was like, no, I needed those. <laughs> we needed those. We didn't get subtitles. We didn't have the benefit so of subtitles. I'm, we were I'm just having like... to use like my my very very rusty Spanish speaking skills to gleam what they're talking about because I'm like, yeah, it's definitely been several years since I've spoken this language. Well, and he asked the questions in English, and then she responded in Spanish, and I was like, that's cool. Ca closed captioning will help me out, and it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess makes sense. That's just really assumptuous on my part. That well, it would just be in English. Um, it, it puts you in Spanish. the it puts you in the same shoes as you know as so the other, many humans as everybody else in that room basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so now the the main question here is who has taken on the title of a scorpion and are they doing it specifically to take advantage of the fact that a scorpion has just sort of disappeared into the woodwork from the perspective of the rest of the world? Or are they doing it for more noble intentions? Because, again, this group was allegedly trying to get revenge for their friends. It's Dr. Curran's head. <laughs> I don't think anyone is pretending to be a scorpion. I think someone may have started the rumor. Someone may have said, yeah, he's leading us now. But there is no actual person pretending to be a scorpion. There may be someone speaking for him. There may be someone in contact with him. But it's one of those, you know, when my boyfriend gets back, he'll beat you up sort of things. Like we don't, I am a scorpion. If like someone, we I am a scorpion. Well, we don't actually have that powerhouse, and we don't have anyone pretending to be that powerhouse. We just have that, oh yeah, he's totally our leader now. No, I haven't met him, but he's totally our leader, and if he shows up, you are boned. And it's a reputation thing. Interesting. So that's. I mean, I'm if thinking. someone's speaking for him, they're impersonating him. That's kind of. That's just what. But yeah, if it's a group decision to be like, "Hey, we should use this guy's name to terrorize everybody who stands in our way, so um, that this never happens to us again." Unless they're a group of Robin Hoods that just go batshit crazy. Sorry, I swore. <laughs> I, I, okay. honest, I honestly it's think the that I almost edited the crazy, and I was like, "No, I missed it." It's already <laughs> I, happened. I honestly think that. Um, there may be a few people who know that there's no scorpion in their group, but I think that the majority of the red hand honestly believes it. Now, I'm going to throw out the other possible, and forgive us if this gets into prediction territory. I think it's fine, but like the, um, I like the idea of it being somebody that we've seen before. Oh, yeah. of it's the man, La Muerta. <laughs> La Muerta's dead. Yeah, she's Is dead. She? No, yeah, okay. she's super dead. She's really, but really dead. It's been a long day. Oh, okay. Yay. Speaking of, we have our very special guest calling in. Jason, is Speaking that you? Of what? Yes, this is me. Hi, Hello, how friend. are Hello. you doing tonight? Hey, I am good. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to call in tonight. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. So, you directed this episode, and we were just commenting on how this particular episode had such an interesting visual style to it. Uh, what, what was your approach to this particular episode, since, most, since you are also in charge of a lot of the VFX that goes into this show? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just really wanted to approach it from uh, as real... Uh, as real of an angle as I could. I mean, obviously our show is a, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It has a lot of fun 
Um, but this this one was uh, a little bit darker. You know, I did the Roswell one last year, which was which was quite a uh, quite a different episode. That one was a lot more you know silly and and uh, and kind of out there. And then this one, um, I I always kind of just felt it was a little closer to episode two from season two, where it was a little darker and you know more just intense and aggressive throughout. Yeah, and and obviously you have a great visual eye from from everything from the Molotov cocktails that are being used as weapons uh, to the B-roll of just all this fantastic looking gore everywhere. Blood for days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny because I'm not really actually even a gore guy, but, you know, it's kind of hard not to be on this show, you know, and it's, uh, and and I... I think I just like more messing with the uh, messing with the audience than than anything. So, you know, having the second shot in the episode be literally a stomach being sliced open. Yeah, that. Fringes, <laughs> that's we're all just laughing on this side, you know, <laughs> this side of the lens. <laughs> it certainly sets a tone for everybody watching it. That oh time. yeah, we're watching it going. Oh, it's going to be one of those episodes. That's all right. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, definitely. And that's 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 exactly uh, the case. You know, you want to set the tone right off the bat and uh, kind of get everyone ready for what's in store. So when uh, I, I'm for those who don't know the process of kind of how all these things work, uh, when they approached you and asked for you to direct this particular episode, was this at your request because of the story, or did they come to you? How did that sort of work? Uh, well, I, I knew I would be directing uh, another one this season. Um, I found out pretty early on, I you know, they were still writing all the episodes. I found out that I would be doing either five episode five, well, it airs as the fourth episode, but as far as we're concerned, it was the fifth episode. I was either going to do that one or what will air next week. Um, so it, it just—I don't know—I don't really know the process uh, or why why certain people get certain ones. I don't know if it's just a kind of pick out of the hat or if there's more of a process than that. Um, I was definitely pretty happy with this one. I think Steve Graham's script—he uh, just kind of knocked it out of the park, especially for. Um, as I as I take it, uh, I think this is the first script you ever written for uh, television. Oh, so, that's fantastic! Yeah, yeah, I felt very, very lucky. There was really, I, I didn't have to, you know, there wasn't any anything uh, that was hard to wrap my mind around, or you know, I just felt it was a pretty. It, it just fit. It's. I feel like it fit really well. Um, with what I wanted to do and what what he wanted to do, and Carl, obviously showrunner. Yeah, and it, it def- I would have never guessed that this was this guy's first scripted television episode. It was that, amazing. That, that was, was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was uh, like I said, he knocked it out of the park on this. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, in preparation for this episode, again, knowing that it was a little darker than the last time you directed an episode for Z Nation, um, what do you think was the biggest challenge bringing this script to life? Uh, the biggest challenge? Well, there was, there were. I think this is possibly the biggest stunts episode we've ever done. Um, I mean, Alex Terzi, of our stunt coordinator, and Keith Cox, uh, they really, really... Uh, stepped it up in in terms of stunts for this episode and um yeah i mean those are 
we didn't have pads down when they dropped. They're really dropping. Uh, they dropped oh, about eight eight feet onto just hard concrete with with the slippery blood and all that stuff down there. They just did a real fall. Oh um, my god! Oh, wow. You know, ten k is jumping from everything and falling into the backs of vehicles and all that. You know, <laughs> you make it look like he falls into a vehicle, but it's really just on the pads and it's a visual effect to make it look like that. But still, there's. There's a there's a lot of stunts going on, lots of fights and chase and fights and all that kind of stuff in in the park and uh, up the fence and yeah, all that stuff. Some of it's trickery, some's not. A lot of dropping to the ground for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. The stunts were amazing. The thing that actually made me jump back in my seat a little bit was when. I forget the character's name, but he was heading toward Hector to fight him, and then he fell back on his own weapon. Oh, oh yeah. That, that entire scene, the way it was framed, the effects, the makeup, there was so much blood. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's the, the character of Ryan, when, when yeah. Hector pushes him away and he falls back on his knife. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one to shoot. <laughs> yeah. That, it looks like it. Yeah. Yikes. So, um... Yeah. So, um, do you normally? I obviously you got to direct this one, but as as the head of the visual effects, do you guys typically lean more on the practical effects side of things, or do you lean more on the CGI side of things, or do you kind of prefer a blend of the two in order to get all of those shots to look as good as they do because they looked fantastic in this mm-hmm. one? So I yeah I'm. Uh... Surprisingly enough, I'm I'm always more of a practical guy, um, not out of laziness, just because I think it's uh, it's always going to look better. So I try to approach it from okay, what's the what? How do we do this practically? And we're we're on such a such a low budget on this show sometimes that the easiest or cheapest solution is often not practical. Um, Sometimes that works out great, sometimes less than others. But, yeah, we always approach it from a practical first, if possible, then VFX uh, combo. And then if we have to all do it entirely VFX, then we do it that way. But that's I, I don't prefer that as much. Because, yeah, I feel like there's things like the zombie tumbleweed where you have to do it completely in VFX. There's, that's kind of a hard thing to do in real life without yeah. someone getting seriously hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some things where yeah, there's there's really no other option. The uh, yeah, we were always calling it the zombie scrum, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but yeah, that's that that was a hundred percent CGI. Um, and then you know the guys that fall off were real, but yeah, yeah. The okay. so yeah again. This I, I I concur with you. I always think visual effects, practical if you can do it, is usually the way to go. Um, I'm entirely biased when it comes to my horror movie stuff, so um, so I appreciate your dedication to practical effects first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you. Ah, no problem. So again, getting back to this episode. Um, since it's a little bit of a darker episode on set, and again, we've talked to the cast a lot before. We know everybody's very professional. But how did you, uh, did it change the way you approached from the previous time that you um, directed the show to kind of, again, everybody's super professional and great uh, in this cast. But, like, how how did that change from the previous time that you directed? You know, I don't 
think it does because you know a lot of I think the assumption uh, in a lot of cases is that if you're doing a comedy, everyone's joking around, and if you're doing a, a, a dark drama, um, everyone's sad. Uh, no, it, it's I think if if you if you're doing a comedy, you're definitely trying to come up with and enhance on the comedy on set with you know figuring out new jokes or, or new gags or whatever. But uh, other than that, it's pretty much the same you know you're just trying to figure out the the equation of how to do what you want to do in the short amount of time you have um and that that really it doesn't really matter what what type of uh whether it's comedy or drama it's always kind of the same the same uh struggles and uh and challenges that that i i find uh to be um fun yeah, no, that's Wait, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I concur. Again, and this cast is super professional, and and you know we know firsthand from having gotten to talk to them that they they know what they're doing and they're on top mm-hmm. of it all the time. Oh man, they know they know better than anyone else. So any director that comes in, you know, it's like uh, Murphy or Keith Allen is going to know the character of Murphy better than anyone else. Uh, Kalita's is going to know Warren better than anyone else. Hector's going to know. Or uh, Emilio's going to know Hector better than anyone else. Everyone is going to know their character better than any uh, any director that's stepping in the shoes that that week. So it's just it's uh, it's it's you know it's a back and forth definitely. But um, I think I think each direction director definitely brings their own style and unique flavor. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's by this point in season three, it's a well oiled machine. Yeah. I would imagine so. Is there anything that you've built that somehow wound up on the cutting room floor? Is there anything fantastic that we didn't get to see for one reason or another? Yeah, we know things uh, have to get cut for time purposes and commercials. All the time. And stuff like that's pure gold ends up on the cutting room floor. No. no well, I'm sure in other episodes. Uh, actually, quite the opposite in this episode. Um, I, I don't know if I should say this, but when we were... Uh, when we did, when I did the first cut, uh, we were about. I mean, granted, we were we were still missing a scene in there that wasn't that was yet to be shot, but that scene was going to be only a minute or so. But I was uh, about four to five minutes short, so I told Carl, uh, "I'm going to go shoot a uh, badass chase sequence through Riverfront Park in Spokane, Washington, and it's going to be three minutes long." And I just needed it to be at least that. And then we went and shot kind of off the cuff the uh, four minute chase scene of 10k running through fighting jumping the rooftops all of that so it ended up becoming this much bigger deal kind of uh, because we were short on time for the episode well it was pretty epic necessity is the mother of invention because yeah that (laughs) was a fantastic chase scene yeah but as for things getting cut i meant like anything yeah no no uh no no i in this one, no, we we needed everything, uh, and then some. So yeah, no, that was we basically shot that whole chasing fight scene in an afternoon, uh, wow. just kind of run and gun. Wow, so, second wow. unit. Wow, no time to waste. Dang. No, no. I mean, each episode we this season we've only been doing five to six day episodes. Which, uh, if anyone knows, that's that's really 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 short yeah. uh, for an hour long show. Yeah. Most yeah. most shows get uh eight, at least right? eight days, yeah. right? 
Yeah, yep. And we, I think in season one, we were at six to seven days, and yeah, now we're down to five or six just because of, uh, you know, the way it goes, I guess. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Man alive. That is insanely impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's a fun challenge, though. I like that, uh, you know, the challenge of it. I was going to say, I, th- like, in terms of the biggest challenge, that sounds like that was the biggest yeah, challenge yeah, in this episode. In. Yeah, I think that I think everyone's going to say probably the same thing. I mean, there's going to be specifics da- down to specific gags and whatnot. Um, there wasn't, for me in this episode, there wasn't any really tough specific gags that we had to wrap our mind around. I know... Uh, when we prior to making it, everyone was asking me how I was going to do 10k jumping into the water. I was like, uh, "That's that was just green screen. I just had 10k, you know, Nat Zhang just kind of strapped up against against the green screen and kind of had him. <laughs> I'm sure he felt silly waving his arms and pretending like he was going in the water. But then, you know, we just shoot plates to the waterfall and then uh, put him in it. Well, again, wow. it looked it looked really convincing. This was, this was a fantastic like that whole sequence was really engaging. I never would have guessed that you guys shot it in an afternoon. No, it was yeah. so tense too. The two two yeah, times. Yeah, it, it's all of that is kind of I don't I can't say I really like doing it that way. <laughs> where, <laughs> That's fair. Where I have to I have to shoot four minutes of usable footage. Uh, for an action scene in basically an afternoon, but I think maybe when you're, you know, your ass is against the flames, you, you kind of have to. <laughs> it's like writing an essay the night before it's due. That's how I yeah. got through college. Yeah, that, me that, too. That seems like me. <laughs> you load up on Red Bull and then you just go. Yep. Yep, yep. That's I'm an definitely English how major. it goes. <laughs> Did that more than once. I, haven't we all? Haven't uh, we all? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, to, to kind of get back to where this episode in particular fits, we get a lot of sort of setup in this episode. How did you feel directing, you know, what I imagine will be instrumental in a lot of different storylines down the road? Uh, yeah. I Again, I, I really liked um, where this one sits. I liked that that we're we're introducing a group that I'm could pretty much say well I'm sure we'll see some more of uh, in the future and I don't really I don't want to go in to how that will that will and we uh, don't want any spoilers it's fine yeah 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 but yeah I can I can pretty much guarantee we'll see we'll see some more of that in the future and how that plays in but yeah definitely definitely you get some more uh backstory on on hector and you kind of you kind of start to understand what he's going through um him and warren together and then uh and then sets up uh some stuff some storylines down in the future warren had better not date him or he's gonna die (laughs) yeah She does have pretty bad luck when it comes to men. But actually, one per season at this point. (laughs) We uh, that actually brings up a good point. Is um, we did have this wonderfully emotional scene between Hector and Warren when, for a brief second there, he thought she was gone. And I I wanted to know what was it like on set seeing Emilio give that very moving performance of like, "You can't leave me." Like I need you. 
So let me give you a little backstory on that scene, actually, to begin with. That scene really didn't exist before. It used to be that, and it was good before, uh, it was, it was uh, the bomb zombie comes up, the ex- it explodes, she throws the monkey out, it explodes, it explodes <laughs> back, and then we were just going to have a get back, and, you know, it, it explodes near them, and then they get up, and they have a zombie fight, and that would have been fine. But the 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 tease on the war and death came out of I just knew we uh, with what we with the time frame we had and what the resources that we had we probably wouldn't pull off the gag that well um, so I was like well screw it why don't we just play it off of her face and then she and then you know make you think that she's accepting her death and she gets blasted back and then. Uh, and then Hector comes over, and then we get into the fight. And um, so that just came out of knowing that with the time constraints and the resources that we had at that moment, we probably w- wouldn't pull off something for just a gag. Um, and so I, I, I thought there, we, there was more opportunity to do something interesting there than, than just a gag. So that's how that kind of all came out. Um, I gotta say, Emilio and uh, and Kalita were amazing in that. Uh, Emilio kept, you know, he was he. I wasn't well. First, first off, he came up to me. He's like, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I should cry. I was like, I'm, I'm not asking you to. Just whatever you think, whatever you think you would do in this moment. And then I kind of uh, is cool. And then I kind of ran him through maybe some thought processes. Man, he is. Those two are so game to play that it's it's awesome to direct them, um, and it's and it's it's awesome to see the process because it he 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 takes you right to that point of almost crying but not quite, and I think sometimes that's almost that's even more uh, touching than than you know full on uh, faucet you know turning the faucet on. So uh, yeah, it was. It's it's always great to work with them, Real, the entire cast. Really, I mean, this cast is great. Yeah, I think you're right. I think tears would have been a little over the top yeah. for that particular mm-hmm. scene, uh, but holding back just a little bit, it, it, I think it was enough. It was such oh, a yeah. powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I think it says a lot about like where their relationship is at right now, and you know how he's developing as a person, trying to get away from his past, and you know, and this group representing like his potential for change and moving on and doing some good so yeah no fantastic fantastic scene mm-hmm. he's basically yeah. kind of been a puppy following her around <laughs> like you yeah, i've latched on to you no pushover he's no pushover oh, either, no. You know? he's, yeah it's it'll it'll be interesting to see where each of them goes you know in the future yeah, no, I. We I ha- pretend we like have I so don't know. We have so many like questions, <laughs> and we can't ask any of that. And I know, I know, it's so hard because you guys know, but you can't say. And obviously, again, we don't want to be spoiled either. I got uh, spoiled yeah. for for the very end of this episode on Twitter over the weekend before I got a chance to watch. So we appreciate uh, no spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, you guys opened with uh, Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds, Red Right Hand. I actually had that in the end credit, uh, just in the, in my edit that I knew I would never get the song, but just for fun, I, I had that in the end credit. 
Oh, that's funny. That's yes. hilarious. Yeah. Is that where the idea of the group came from? Just like, just like, hey, I'm jamming out to this song. There, sh- there should be a group in the apocalypse called the Red Hand. I'm not sure. I was, I wasn't in the writer's <laughs> room, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love that song. So when when they called so the group happy. the Red Hand, I was like, that's fantastic, and I just started humming yeah. it to myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Um, so uh, do you guys have any other questions for our wonderful, wonderful guests? We, we start getting, getting to that point where we need to probably wrap it up a little bit. Not at the moment. This just I no. really enjoyed this one. Yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes out of all three seasons. I, I concur. Down. I concur. I'm awesome. gonna. I'm gonna. I've got one more question for you because again, I know that like you guys had this crazy time constraint and everything like that. Uh-huh. But I want to know what was your favorite behind the scenes moment directing this episode. Uh, my favorite behind the scenes moment directing this episode. Uh, this episode was a was a pretty. Uh, it was a pretty easy one. I, I felt like. Um, it was. There wasn't any crazy drama or crazy, uh, crazy mishaps. Um, I, you know, the the uh, the big wide shot where everything is, you know, um, with Doc and Addy and Sunday and, and uh, the Red Hand starts attacking. That one was a pretty fun one to shoot. Um, the fight scene between them with the with the tooth ripping out that was a fun scene to shoot. really actually really all all of it was fun to shoot so the, it was like every day there's something big and uh and you know the the dramatic scenes with warren and hector the, the all the fight scenes um but uh yeah the i guess probably our single biggest day was that was that opening fight scene with the um with the uh disemboweled zombies and that that was fun. That was a big stunt day, and you know we ran through we ran through kind of the whole scene and and all the fights all at once. And it's like because it's it's not that difficult to, to direct a fight, but when all when there's four fights happening all at the same time, and <laughs> yeah. each one has to time up with the other one. That's when it gets chaotic. So yeah. when we first ran through that, it was like. Okay, well that's that's crazy. <laughs> let's, let's just keep running through it and running through it and running through it. But I, I would probably have to say actually that 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 whole day and that whole scene was uh, was was fun because it was, as Emilio put it, he was at the end of that day he was telling me as we were driving back in the van he's like, man this is this is so amazing I I get to like live out my childhood dreams just playing with zombies and so it. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it, and again, that I can't stress again how like both chilling, but at the same time very Z Nation that opening scene was yes. because you get the you get, not only do you get the four zombies like hanging right there from the bridge, but you also see several bridges down the line, more people hanging, and even Doc's just like, wow, like every now and then you do come across something that actually phases you the apocalypse man it was a very Pirates of the Caribbean moment for me just when they have the Pirates Be Warned scene and it's those three hanged skeletons like yep 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 Yep. bad things happen here thieves it was kind of a a medieval twist to it because of the paint and and the hanging of the bodies is like a warning sign Yeah. yeah exactly 
getting back yeah, to our roots. Again, again, that was that was a scene that I, you know, that I thought, oh, I'll get a few hours to shoot this scene, and then Esther, my first AD, scheduled me an entire day, and I was like, all right, well, yeah, I feel like we should have an entire day, so all right, let's elaborate. And so then it became uh, this much bigger deal than just a few kills, and we're out. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it's interesting how things line up schedule wise, and and. You know, the result is always because of that. Yeah, and again, like, it went above and beyond the, you know, what could have been, uh, you know, just a by-the-number zombie kill action sequence, and it was anything but. So, well, <laughs> well done. Well, <laughs> um, thank you, yeah. I, I do. I do want to. I mean, we're touching. You touched on it a little bit, but with uh, Addy, Sunmay, and Doc, I really mm-hmm. like that we had this sort of lighthearted kind of B storyline for this episode because, again, it was so dark. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of these three kind of developing and growing as characters? Because Sunmay is so new to the group. I. Th- I- I you know I like uh, I, I like where this season's going. Again, I've got a lot of I, I know where the season's going, <laughs> yeah. so I don't want to I don't want to give too much away. But I, I think everyone uh, I think people are going to like the season and where it, where it kind of goes. Um, it, in the past, we've we've always had a through line, but it's been a little bit more maybe movie of the week. Um, but this one this season seems to be um, and maybe you guys disagree, but it seems to be a little more. Of of a, a through storyline through this season so far and 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 going forward. Given how it started, I feel like it has to be. Yeah, and I you know I'm sure there's varying opinions. Some people probably like uh, like one way or the other, but I I, I kind of like uh, I kind of like where it's going, and I think you still get the the fun uh, the fun differences between each episode, and some are lighthearted, some are not, some are you know weird some are pretty pretty straightforward and but i think i think uh i think everyone's gonna like it (laughs) well i'm looking forward to that just uh you know another reminder that dentists are not to be trusted in the zombie apocalypse we know this this for a fact yes (laughs) well again jason thank you so so much for taking the time to call in do you have any other upcoming projects that you can talk about i know that when things are wrapped up in ndas it's difficult to discuss but is there anything you can tell us about uh, not currently. I'm kind of just really entrenched right now trying to, because I mean, while, while it's airing, we're, we're playing catch up and trying to finish these episodes. So it, it'll literally be on our computers being worked on and then on the air the next week sometimes. So it's, it's the schedule is sometimes that close. Um, so we're, we're kind of still in it. You're you know, still they, under the gun. They, yeah. <laughs> Yep, they've wrapped. They've wrapped principal photography now. They just did, but uh, but we're still we're still putting the episodes together and trying to trying to get them done in time for air. You know. Well, keep up the fantastic mm-hmm. work because it is really showing on the screen this season. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Where can people go if they want to keep up with you? Uh, they can go to Twitter, and it's at. Gorgozola. That's like the cheese, but with no N. That is me. <laughs> well, again, thank you so, so much for taking the time to call in. Can't wait to see what the rest of the season has in store. Hey, thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Right. Have a wonderful night. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
What a cool guy. Yeah. So great. And, like, I love that. I love, like, the, the idea that they shot that entire action chase scene That's in an so afternoon. Crazy. That like, was one of oh. my favorite moments. It was incredible. <laughs> because there were two times that 10K fell down, and you were like, oh, sh- Nikes. <laughs> I stopped myself that time. You did. You it's did. already well, too late. It's, it's already out too there. Late. It's out there. <laughs> well, we're not explicit yet. Right now, we're just PG-13. Um, but, yeah, it was it was such a tense chase scene. That it's crazy to me that the, that the whole thing behind that was we need four more minutes, guys. <laughs> Let's just do this. He's yeah. eventually going to go over the falls, but we got to get well, him there. Well, it it's so funny because it just felt like such a natural progression of the story because of where where Merch is at. And yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about like. Murphy the Messiah and his sort of like weird cult that's developing here because it's it, it was really weird when he was in the tent you know talking to the sick person I got a real like reverse Jesus sort of feel from it I'm like I feel like this is you know the quote unquote Messiah going around and healing the sick but I don't like, I don't what, like this. What does yeah. biting take out of him? He's like, no, it'll kill me. Just like, I, hmm. But then, you know, we find out that it's because Merch has been taking his blood. So I guess the implication, and because we've never actually seen him bite someone, I guess the implication is that there is kind of a physical effort that goes into it for yeah. him. Which is something we didn't know before. Um he definitely yeah. bit Dr. Merch a second time. Just like, uh, like that, that, one, that one was worth it. Um, were you guys surprised when when you when you see that Merch like had the ability to like vaccinate her, you know, had enough defiance in her to kind of create a makeshift vaccination for it so that she could pretend to be in Murphy's thrall for a little bit before, like while biting her time. Well, like we've seen with 10K, it's not like them being bitten wipes out their personalities. They have to follow orders. It's it's very much a would-you-kindly sort of thing. But that doesn't mean they're not still people, and that doesn't mean they're not still themselves. So Murphy... That they still can't argue while they're loading a gun to yeah, follow orders. Yeah. yeah, so Murphy didn't, you know, think in enough circles to go, she's smart enough to do this, she's smart enough to go against me, and never ordered her, stop doing that, don't make a vaccination, don't do this, don't do that. He's very much relying on her and her scientific know-how. And so, under the guise of, yes, I'm making the vaccination, yes, I'm doing this, well, she is... And she's also making stuff for herself and 10K on the side as well. Because he never told her not to. So that's not an order she has to follow. Yep. It was very interesting to see his, like, awareness, too. He's like, I can tell you're fighting it. But you'll come around eventually. It'll be fine. Like, that's... It's such an interesting thing that he has that, like, connection and that level of awareness of the people he's controlling. It's, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Like, he absolutely knows. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised that she started doing this. This She used to have power over him. And I'm sure she did not like this reverse situation in any capacity. And 10K was her best ticket out of there. He's capable. Yeah. And again, it, we, we were talking about it while we were watching the show. If there's one person who can take care of himself out in the wilderness alone, it's going to be 10K. It's like, he has a gaping wound. He shoves moss into it. It's like, oh yeah, he knows these things. <laughs> like, anyone else does that, we're going to be sitting there going, what the heck is wrong with you? But 10K is like, uh, yep, yep, okay. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you were raised by a survivalist nut job. In the woods? <laughs> oh, who wait. knew? What? 
What? I'm impressed that he managed to hang on to the bag, not going to lie. Now, here's here's the question I want to pose to you guys, um, because we do have 10K who, who is able to escape. Now, do you think that, like, the vaccines will allow him to keep his, like, his autonomy and his control over himself, or do we think that even if he's far away from Murphy if he runs out of the vaccine, that he'll eventually just come back. Like, it'll be a boomerang-type situation. Like, as soon as he's out of the vaccine and the last of his stuff wears off, he's just going to come back. Like, it's just he's just going to be drawn back against his will. I think he's going to find a team again before that happens. I'm not yeah. saying that it's, it's our team, um, but he will find people. It will probably be our team. Um, and they'll help him refrain from doing that, and then they'll go in with a plan. I think we might see that answer the next time we see Ma and Pa Kettle. Like, if they've picked up Fair Lucy enough. and gone to find Murphy, it might have been a we're eventually drawn to him thing. But they were told, take care of this child. She is now yours. No other standing orders. So we'll see. And again, we'll it'll, see be, that works. it'll be interesting to see if Lucy has a certain level of control over people and zombies and such. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that'll be fun and interesting and... Merch. <laughs> oh, man. I will say, it was yeah. an interesting thing that disturbed me greatly when 10K kicked that guy's knee in, and it broke. You heard that crack. Yes. There was a subtitle that said crack. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. You did the hard of hearing subtitles. It happened. Oh, those are fun. And then he cracked it back in, and there was another subtitle. And I was <laughs> like, I again. can't. I can't deal with this. Stop. Yeah. Making that noise, and then he was running again, and I was like, "That's yeah, not how any of this works." Potentially, the most disturbing thing was uh, when that guy cracked his knee back into place like, so that he could continue so, chasing. So 10K. when you're He's bit driven. by when you're bit by Murphy, that's a thing. <laughs> you know, they they well, did it mention might have been the military thing because he was he, wasn't he one of he the was military in some people? some military guard? Yeah, yeah. As I think someone he was who one was, of the people left over from the sub. As someone who has broken their knee, <laughs> that's not how that works. Oh, no, I think it was dislocated. I don't think it was a fracture. I think it was a dislocation. Point That's not being, how that works. It, point being, he is on some crazy magic juju if he yes. can get up after popping it back in. Yes. I'm on the Murphy. I feel no pain. <laughs> I mean, it does It does raise a lot of questions as to, like, what is the extent of this healing factor? And... Uh, probably the most upsetting thing was Murphy's refusal to help this person. She dies, turns into a zombie, is like, okay, just put her in the moat. It's fine. You know, sorry, sorry for your loss. loss. <laughs> just like, like, okay. He's still Murphy. <laughs> Murphy killing herself in the moat, though. Holy oh. cow. I just... I, I have to wonder how that worked out because are they immune to the zombies until blood is spilled or she, no, she, she, she had one dead. more thing. Yeah. Okay. And you know, it was one of those things where I think because she was fighting it so hard, you know, and the effects of his bite were waning, you know, that's when they started noticing her because you know, they they immediately ran to 10K and like chased him down yeah. the the chain. That fence. was so great. But here, you know, they're they're looking at her and they're puzzled by it and they're kind of touching her, but they're not attacking her. And but like they're looking at her, like they know something's up here. There's something that's drawing their attention. And then she stabs herself with the vaccine, and they just they just swarm on her like okay. freaking locusts. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the like vaccine. A, I thought she was just knife. No, no. okay. 
it's like a terrifying walking the plank moment. Like oh, with yeah. those close up shots of the zombies touching her and her just knowing that she's going to die while she's fighting this horrible. so hard. And, and die this, horrible. And this was the choice she made because you know, in the wake of him going, We'll make another ten thousand vaccines and we'll make another ten thousand. Ten thousand, we'll ten thousand, ten thousand. Yeah, and she's just like she clearly doesn't it's so it's weird because she was willing to create the vaccine for the rich fat cats at Zona, but she has enough integrity to be like, no, I'm not reshaping humanity in your image, you know, I won't be your puppet. And that's the decision that she makes. She would rather yeah. walk to her death than be his puppet. And that's extremely unsettling, but also kind of badass. You know what that means. Murphy has to find the group again because they have Sun May. Ooh. Or the group will come to him with 10K. That's true. What? So, like, he could get... Being, they have to be reunited because he needs a doctor with that level of know-how. And Sun and May she's is the, the only, only one. one at this point. That we know of. I, I'm, I'm very... Although... We'll we'll talk about it in in predictions in literally just a minute. I am sad to see Merch go because oh, yeah. she was especially having you know seeing her go this way. She's Ooh. such it's like there's so much I want to know about the you know well, what what we missed. I will say she's in the previews for next week's episode. Yep. So she's sitting not, on that a is, chair she's not with her gone, skull opened. She's not gone. We get the actress for one more episode. Um, but and she's definitely sitting on a chair with her skull opened. Like, yeah, this is not. Let's just go ahead and get into predictions. Yeah, because, yeah let's, let's do that. Let's because do that. that's, that's a scene that we should talk about for next week. He grabs a fork. Look at that light show. He grabs a fork. Look at that light show. He's going to eat her brains, guys. To be fair, it's been a while since he's had a brain. True. Yeah, yeah. Not like an insult. Like, he ate one. <laughs> oh, no. Let's go with physically both. I, <laughs> it's my only had a brain. <laughs> we already did the Wizard of Oz episode last season, guys. We did. That's right. <laughs> what, you, who was the Tin Man in that? I, I'd have to go back and rewatch. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. No, it was the Scarecrow that needed the brain. Tin Man needed a heart. Anyway, yeah. that's neither here Both nor there. Both of them But <laughs> what we, we had him eat a brain in the past. But we didn't have, and you pointed this out, we didn't have a warm body sort of scenario where he eats the brains and then he absorbs the memories and knowledge that that person had. Maybe That we saw. That we saw. Maybe it's because that brain wasn't fresh, but, like, Dr. Murch is here, and that seems to be Murphy's plan, is to eat her brain and, and see some, what happens. And see what happens, guys. Pretty much. Why not? It's like experimental drugs. Just do it. And, I mean, he did have, you know, I was going to say he bit her, and so she they did have this connection, so maybe that can be used as a way to sort of link the information together. But she injected herself with the vaccine, so I don't know if that if that is going to be like the... And who knows? It might not work. He might just eat her brain and be like, sure. eh, it was delicious. Fava yeah. beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> well, and... I mean, we don't know for sure that she's dead, dead already in the chair. She might just be almost dead. Oh, like, almost, almost dead. Oh. Her head was definitely open, though. She, she was, was some exposed. She was pretty, pretty be dead. alive. <laughs> That's true. That. 
But Murphy's so, not skilled enough to do that. That's Let's true. be real. I, I like that prediction that uh, the he's either going to seek them out or he's going to get 10k back and use him as bait to lure them in. I, I think that's a very good prediction because of Sun May. Because you know, they don't know that 10k's alive. Yeah, and so uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, any other final thoughts on this episode and well, uh, potentially next week's? Next week's episode is called Red and the Wolves. I told you she wasn't dead. Yeah. I told you. <laughs> or she's just alive in his memory, and it's the thought and memory of her <laughs> oh that that keeps him going. I don't know. But we did have that shot of a murder of crows, so who knows? 5K could still be alive. That's true. He could be. I don't think he was dead. I will say it threw me off that Addie freaked out so much about having her tooth pulled. I feel like she's such a survivalist um, that she would just be like, get it done and let's move on. But she freaked out. That threw me. I think the line that was the justification for it was like, if she starts losing teeth, then that's it. Like, like she's just going to let the rest of herself go or something. I don't... I, again, I, I know it was put in there for, like, comedic purposes, but, yeah, it is kind of, like, weird. It's like, or maybe she was just really afraid of the dentist when before the apocalypse. Also, pliers in your mouth, oh, God. But people, we had a conversation in the chat, people talking about how it came out of nowhere. There was a time skip between the previous episode and this episode. There's been some travel involved. There's been enough time for people to kind of congregate around Murphy's camp. Like, this wasn't right after that. And it can take a while for an infected tooth to actually start hurting. Well, and and just side note, I know somebody who had an infected tooth and it became a real medical issue. It is a thing, yeah. guys. Like, yeah, you this can, is not an unknown thing. You an can infected, get septicemia. I learned that from the day after tomorrow. <laughs> an infected anyway. tooth can take you down very quickly. And so this this is not unheard of. But Anyway, we sh- we definitely need to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. I want to th- remind you guys really quickly about iTunes. Thank you to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, leave a comment, subscribe. We don't have time to read off anything this week. But uh, if you guys do leave a comment, we will give you a shout-out on the show next week. So yep. please, be, please go do that. Uh, anyway, again, thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. Michelle, where can people go if they want to find you? You can find me on the Twitterverse um, at Michelle Cullen. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. So many of the shows, Star Wars Rebels tomorrow, Arrow on Wednesdays, Blindspot on Thursdays, and the next week, Crunch Time comes back again on Mondays. So, so many of the things, you guys. It's, it's great. Busy schedule. It's wild. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the movie chick. That's chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Thank you to everybody in the hashtag. Thank you to everybody in the live chat. And thank you most of all to Jason McKee yeah. for calling in tonight. It was an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you all so, so much for watching. We will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 